Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Oh My Allergies podcast. This is your hostess with the mostest, Valencia. And if you are new here, the Oh My Allergies podcast is a podcast about all things allergies. Whether you have food allergies, seasonal allergies, skin allergies, or even your pet has allergies, Oh My Allergies is a safe space for discussions for those that need a bit of advice and support from someone who understands their struggle. Let's learn how to navigate life and learn how to thrive with our allergies together. Hey guys, welcome back to the Oh My Allergies podcast. Make sure that you are subscribed to the Oh My Allergies podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure you take the time to write a written review and rate the podcast. Hopefully the rating is five stars. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, which is at Oh My Allergies and keep sharing the podcast with people you know and don't know. So today's episode is all about allergies. And I know that that's kind of pretty vague when you hear it because you're like, that's pretty much what every single episode here on the podcast is about. But today we're going back to the basics. So I'm going to be talking about what exactly is an allergy. You know, I was thinking about like all of the different like past episodes that have been done on the podcast and episodes to come. And I was thinking about, you know, how I've done so many episodes where I've talked about like so many different types of allergies, like being allergic to wine or dairy or exercise and, you know, things along those lines and kind of just had this light bulb moment where I realized that I have yet to do an episode about an allergy, like basically an allergy 101. So I decided today would basically be that day. So I'm going to be breaking down what an allergy is, talk a little bit about this idea that is commonly discussed as to why we develop allergies and like the different types of allergic reactions that allergies can cause. So like I say in episodes like this one, I am not a doctor, nor am I an allergist, nor do I claim to be any of those things. This is just me talking from my personal experiences in terms of doing like research, talking with my own doctors and medical professionals I know in my life, and just things along those lines. But before we get into today's topic, you guys know I gotta talk about what's been going on. So I hope everyone had a great weekend, especially since this one was a long weekend. To be honest, I really just forgot that Labor Day was popping up and was literally around the corner until some people at work were like, yeah, I have a really great long weekend. And I'm like, do you know something that I don't? And they're like, it's Labor Day. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That makes a lot more sense why you're saying have a long weekend Um, but I hope everyone was safe because the world is still crazy out there with the pandemic still going on and I've been just trying to stay in the know of what's going on surrounding that just to stay informed but I know it's been a minute since a new podcast episode has been out I honestly have just been dealing with really bad like headaches and I've been so tired and honestly so out of it lately. I honestly just can't really put my finger on it, but I just recently haven't been feeling like myself, so I've been dealing with that. 
also recently got a new mattress. There's honestly been so much drama around getting this mattress with the delivery dates changing and them changing at the last minute. And it's just been crazy trying to get the house together. But on the top of that, I had to clean up my room and around the house to make sure that the people that came in to set everything up did not have to touch any of my stuff slash bump into any of my stuff. So that took like two weekends to just get everything situated and rearrange my room and honestly my wrist and back are so mad at me because they are definitely feeling the burn from moving all the furniture um what else has happened oh my little cousin recently turned three years old it is my only first cousin that I have um so he just recently turned three and had like a Paw Patrol themed birthday party you know he had fun so that's pretty much all that really matters um so that happened and then also recently I hung out with some of my line sisters and some of my sorority sisters actually one of my uh, pro fights she just recently had a birthday so some of us went to like this little uh rooftop park thingy majig and we just caught up with one another you know had some drinks and I really just had a fun time because like for a lot of the people that went um I haven't seen some of them in a long time especially some of my line sisters I haven't seen them like in person since we crossed which was back in like November so it's been a hot minute so it was really great to see them and to see some of my pro fights too and it was crazy when I was like talking with some of them and they're like, yeah, you know, I'm preparing to, you know, like go back to school. And I'm like, oh yeah, going back to school, that is something that I'm not doing. And it just made me feel really, really weird to be completely honest because like their classes have started back up and it just feels weird to like not go in a class or having to move into college you know it's kind of just crazy and I knew that around this back to school season that I would like really have that realization that wow I am a graduate I am not a student currently anymore and it's just now sinking in and I'm like wow I'm so old (laughs) But yeah, that's pretty much what's been going on with me lately. A little catch up, a little how I'm doing, what's been going on with me. So I guess with that being said, I can get right into my foodie likes. So my very first foodie like that I want to talk to you guys about is from the brand I think the brand is from the ground up snacks but they have these cauliflower crackers which I know hearing the word cauliflower and crackers in the same sentence it's probably just really really weird but I came across them in like the grocery store and literally they have been my snack of choice lately like they are just so good they're a really great healthy snack that you don't really even have to feel guilty about you know they're light they taste great I've really been into the sea salt flavor and they're kind of shaped kind of like a Cheez-Its type of thing and they're just really good I'll have them by themselves I might use them 
to like dip with hummus it's just really good snack have them while i am watching um bachelor in paradise which i know i told you guys that i probably was not going to watch it but here we are watching bachelor in paradise um and then there's this other show that comes on right after bachelor in paradise i think it's called like the ultimate surfer or something like that and that has been a really good show to watch so literally like right after bachelor in paradise i am literally watching this surf show and it's so funny because like some of the surfers on the show like I recognize from like Instagram and stuff in terms of like I there was like a period in my life when I was like on YouTube and watching YouTube and like I was really into like surfers and stuff so like one or two of the surfers on this show are like recognizable to me and I'm like wait I recognize that person I used to watch their videos or I used to follow them on Instagram and blah 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 when I was like in a surfing phase in my life but yeah I have been eating that snack while watching those two shows but highly recommend trying those cauliflower crackers I know it sounds weird but it tastes really really good um, another one of my favorites, it's from the brand, I think you pronounce it Mina, Mina, Mina. It's a sparkling green tea that's in the flavor of pineapple passion fruit. And you guys know that I am such a big tea drinker and this stuff is just really, really good. Like I love that this has like clean ingredients in it. There's zero calories in it and it's a great alternative to soda if you're like a big soda drinker. Personally, I've not had soda in like years, but if you are trying to find some sort of a happy medium, like if you're not really into sparkling water, but you want to get away from soda because you think sparkling water has no flavor, but I am one of those people that will have a really great debate with you in terms of sparkling water actually does have flavor. But if you're one of those people, definitely try this tea. It's really good. What's so funny is like when you pour it into a glass, it legit looks like beer, foam and all. And I'm personally not the biggest fan of foam. So normally I'll either pour the foam out or like stir the foam so much just to get the foam away whichever one gets it off of my drink the fastest uh to be quite honest but besides that I really love the flavor of the tea it's so vibrant it has the amount of caffeine in terms of like a half a cup of coffee so if you need to pick me up it's really good so I highly suggest trying out this tea but those are my two foodie likes that I want to talk to you guys about this week. So with that being said, I can get right into the allergy news. So this week's allergy news article, it comes from Prevention. And the title of the article is No allergies aren't the cause of your fever according to a doctor. I picked this article as this week's allergy news just because I'm talking about what is an allergy. I thought it would be a really great article to pair with this week's episode. Basically in this article, um, the part of the article that actually talks about how allergies are not the cause of having a fever. Uh, there is a doctor mentioned in this article. Her name is Jessica Hu and she is allergy and an immunology physician at the National Jewish Health in Denver. And in this article, she talks about how seasonal allergies should not cause a fever. And usually having a higher temperature really signals that your body is either fighting either a bacterial or a viral infection. And how a lot of people have probably heard someone sneeze and they were just like oh it's just my allergies you know when sometimes it's usually more serious than that and it's usually a common cold that the person has now I know that 
trying to figure out the difference between having a cold, having the flu, having COVID, having allergies. There's just a lot of overlap in terms of the symptoms. But if there is like an associated fever, which is usually when your temperature hits about 100.4 degrees or more, it's important to really just think that, okay, this is most likely something that's more than just allergies. And it could be something that is contagious and you might have to take a sick day, things like that. But also in this article, it really talks into detail about some of the topics that we've already discussed on this podcast in terms of, you know, what are most common allergy symptoms, um, which is some symptoms are like sneezing, having congestion, which is stuffy nose, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes. Those are some common allergy symptoms. Um, this article also talks about, you know, how you can tell if your symptoms are due to allergies, which is a topic that we've talked about on the podcast before. So definitely this article will be linked in our show notes so you all can take a look at this article. But I thought it was really interesting to talk about like this idea of why people tend to think that oh if you're sneezing and you have a fever then it has to be allergies when it's like having a fever is a totally different animal and that it's not one of the most common or even allergy symptoms that are usually associated with allergies in general so if you if you come across having some sort of allergy like symptoms, but then you have a fever, you're going to want to talk with medical professionals in your life, talking to your doctor, allergists, etc., uh, to be able to figure out what exactly is uh, going on with you so that you can get the best care that you need. But that is this week's allergy news article. Like I said, it's always linked in the show notes. I know there's been some weeks where it's not been in the uh, show notes, which is our mistake. But I guarantee, well, not guarantee, it should be in the show notes. And if it's not in the show notes, make sure you send us a message on the Oh My Allergies Instagram page, which is at Oh My Allergies, just to be like, hey, uh, you're missing something. So uh, definitely don't be afraid to do that. Send us over a DM. But that is this week's allergy news article. So now we can get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, which is what is an allergy? So like I said, I'm going to be breaking down what an allergy is, uh, talking about this idea that's commonly discussed within the allergy community as to why we tend to develop allergies and the different types of allergic reactions that allergies can cause and things along those lines. Now, I know I said this a little bit earlier, but I'm going to say it again for the people in the back. I know that I am not a doctor and that I'm not an allergist and I don't claim to be either of those things. Like I said, this is me talking from my personal experiences in terms of things that I know that I've learned along my allergy journey, things I've done research on, talking with my own personal doctors and medical professionals and things along those lines. But I do want to get us started with some allergy facts from the Allergy and Asthma Foundation of America. So actually, according to the Allergy and Asthma Foundation of America, more than 50 million Americans have experienced various types of allergies each year, which kind of just puts things into perspective because at least when you know, you're know you thinking about your own personal allergy 
disease and like oh my goodness like this is just a lot to handle and you tend to think that you are alone a lot of the time but really just hearing that 50 million plus Americans number really just like wow like I'm not dealing I'm not the only person in the world or even like in the U.S. dealing with um, allergies, whether they're seasonal allergies, food allergies, skin allergies, you know, there's just so many people that deal with it as well. And it's actually the sixth leading cause of chronic illness in the U.S., which is very interesting as well. I know some people tend to think like, oh, like allergies, like, okay, like whatever, like having allergies is, you know, like having I don't know. It's like something that people tend to put on the back burner because they don't take allergies seriously. Especially because like a lot of people don't think that like allergies and chronic illness are like in the exact same sentence, but allergies are actually a disability, especially because they impact your quality of life, especially if you have anaphylactic allergies and allergies that can trigger anaphylaxis it's something that impairs your quality of life it's something that you have to accommodate and change your lifestyle once you discover that you actually have allergies so I think that whole chronic illness side of allergies is something that a lot of people don't really think about so hopefully hearing more about you know people's stories of allergies and chronic illness will allow more and more people to be like, okay, allergies actually are legit. And oh my gosh, allergies are actually serious. And they are an actual real health concern. And we're not going to keep making jokes about it. We're not going to keep pushing it to the back burner. And we're going to take them seriously, because they think it's so common that like, okay, like, what's the big deal? But for them to be the sixth leading cause of chronic illness in the U.S., it's like, oh, it kind of puts things into perspective and kind of shows like how serious it is, you know, and how allergic conditions are one of the most common health issues affecting children in the U.S., which is something that further down in the episode I'm going to talk a little bit more about and some research that I've come across and kind of citing sources and things like that. But something that I found that was really interesting that was on the Allergy and Asthma Foundation of America website is the fact that each year in the U.S. it's estimated that anaphylaxis to food results in a 30,000 emergency room visits, which is a good amount of emergency room visits. And it's something that you don't really tend to think about when you see the word allergies on a piece of paper. You think of, oh, you're just allergic to grass or, oh, you're just allergic to, you know, lotion or something or, oh, like a peanut. What's the big deal about that? When it's like a lot of these allergies that people have can lead to anaphylaxis, which we have a whole episode on. So make sure you check out that episode, which is called, I think it's called What is Anaphylaxis? But it can result in emergency room visits and a good chunk of people each year have to go to the emergency room because of anaphylaxis to foods or to other allergens that are out there. So those are some facts. I thought those were interesting kind of just to start off with so you guys can have a, you know, a better, bigger picture idea of allergies. But to actually explain what an allergy is, an allergy is when your immune system reacts to a foreign substance and it views the substance as being harmful. And a foreign substance could be pet dander, it can be dust, it can be pollen, it can be certain foods, you know, honestly, like the list could just go on and on and on. 
And it's not really clear why this happens, but most people affected have a family history of allergies or have closely related conditions such as like asthma or eczema, things along those lines. And in most cases, allergies are most likely the result of an overeager immune system, which I found to be just really, really interesting because as I was doing research on this topic and I really kind of like self-reflected, I realized that a lot of people in my family have allergies. My mother has allergies herself and like in terms of having like seasonal allergies. So those are things that I have. I have seasonal allergies, which is just really kind of weird to kind of like see that connection and to really just be like, oh, like it's something that could be carried from generation to generation. But in terms of the overeager immune system part, of allergies it's like your immune system it produces substances that are known as antibodies and when you have allergies your immune system makes antibodies that identify a particular allergen as being harmful it's like ah this thing is in your body ah let's get rid of it even though it might not be harmful at all and so the antibodies are immunoglobin e which is ig and these antibodies pop up with honestly just the purpose of triggering the release of histamine which we've talked about so many times on this podcast so when you come into contact with said allergen your immune system's reaction can inflame your skin it can inflame your sinuses your airways your digestive system and that's all because of histamine and it can inflame your tissues it can cause runny noses and other different allergy symptoms that are very common so there are a few different types of allergic reactions you can experience an allergic reaction through skin contact so when i'm talking about skin to contact i'm talking about poison plants, animal scratches, pollen, latex, those types of things. You can experience an allergic reaction from injection, so that can be something like a bee sting. Uh, You can experience an allergic reaction from ingesting things such as like medication, food, drinks, things like that. Some examples of some foods, it's like nuts, milk, shellfish, common allergens like that or through inhaling so inhaling pollen inhaling dust inhaling mold and mildew animal dander things along those lines and one thing that something that kind of just really fascinated me is the fact that allergies are really common in children and when it comes to some allergies they can go away as kids get older but a lot may be something that you just deal with for the rest of your life and one thing that some people don't really either realize or talk too much about is the fact that adults can develop allergies to things that they were not previously allergic to. And the number of people with allergies, which is very fascinating, is increasing each and every single year. And when I was looking things up and trying to figure out, okay, well, like I see so many different articles of people talking about like, oh, like the amount of people that are developing allergies keeps going up and up and up, whether it's seasonal allergies, whether it's food allergies, just allergies in general, like the numbers are just going up. And then to me, I'm like, okay, well, what's that reason? And the reasons aren't really 100% understood, but one of the main theories is because of us as a society living in cleaner germ-free environments which is reducing the number of germs our immune system has to deal with and it's the thought that this could cause you know your immune system to overreact when it comes into contact with substances 
that are really just not harmful, but views them as being harmful. So this is where this hypothesis that I came across online enters the chat and is called hygiene hypothesis. So the hygiene hypothesis, it was first introduced in 1989 by a professor of epidemiology. His name is David Scratchin. And research supports that this idea that children who grow up in environments that are deemed as being, quote, too clean, demonstrate a higher susceptibility to allergic and autoimmune disease because of their immune systems not really being exposed to certain allergens. And because of that, they're not given a chance to develop properly. And then later on, when a child comes across a a substance that is typically harmless, such as like pollen or, you know, nuts, you know, the immune system freaks out a little and then triggers an allergic reaction. And I actually came across this one article and found it to be just like really helpful when it comes to like explaining this hypothesis. And I'll be sure to have this article linked in the show notes, but the article is from this website called live science and in this article uh, they talk about how when babies are inside the womb they have a very weak immune system and that's because babies are given protection from their mother's antibodies so when babies aren't in the womb anymore the immune system has to start working for itself so in order for the immune system to work properly it is you know, this thought that the child must be exposed to germs so that it has the chance to be able to strengthen. And that comes from the U.S. uh, FDA, which is the U.S. Food and Drug Administration for my folks who are not based in the U.S. So this article brings up this idea of being similar to training a bodybuilder, which is really weird, I know, but just hear me out. So for a bodybuilder, Uh, to be able to lift heavy things, the muscles have to be trained by lifting heavier and heavier objects. And if the bodybuilder never trains and works out, then the bodybuilder will not be able to lift a heavy object when they want to or when they're asked, things like that. And so that same thought is being applied when it comes to the immune system. So to be able to fight off infection, the immune system has to be trained by fighting off different things that's found in everyday life. And if your immune system isn't exposed to, you know, different contaminants, they're going to have trouble with being able to fight off certain different types of infections or allergens or things that the body views as being harmful, but really isn't. So I do want to say that, of course, this hygiene hypothesis doesn't account for all cases of allergies, but I think that this hypothesis is just really fascinating and it's really interesting. So I will link a few different academic journals and articles that kind of go a little bit more in detail into this hygiene hypothesis if you want to just do some research on your own and kind of get a little bit more of an understanding about this hypothesis. But definitely want to hear you all's thoughts on the Oh My Allergies Instagram page, which is at Oh My Allergies. What you guys think about this hypothesis? Do you think it has some truth to it? Do you think, you know, it's kind of lame? Like, would love to hear your thoughts about it. But in terms of like different 
risk factors when it comes to allergies, you're more likely to develop an allergy if you have a family history of asthma or allergies, such as like hay fever, hives, or eczema. And it's interesting, like I talked about a little bit while ago, that genetics playing a role. Um, so some people inherit uh, predisposition to allergies, but the allergies that kids may develop may not necessarily be the same ones that their parents have, which I think is really, really interesting. Like I said, my mother, she has seasonal allergies, um, and I have seasonal allergies as well. But she's not allergic to macadamia nuts, but I am, which is something that's totally off far left in my opinion, where it's like, where do you develop an allergy to macadamia nuts? And the whole idea with the hygiene hypothesis of it being like, okay, well, you're not exposed to it. And at the point when I first found out that I was allergic to macadamia nuts, I had not even touched a macadamia nut in my life. I'd never really been around one, never really had an interest in one. So I just have all of these questions in my head now that I've came across this hygiene hypothesis um, idea when it comes to allergies and like thinking about my own allergies and things like that. But um, in terms of like the genetics and them playing a role when it comes to allergies and, you know, the likelihood of a kid who has a parent who has allergies, you know, those types of percentages. Uh, there's something I came across in WebMD and they talked about how a child who has one allergic parent has a 33% chance of developing allergies themselves. While if you have both parents that have allergies, there's about a 70% chance that the child will have allergies of some sort in general, which is very interesting that that likelihood just automatically goes up because both parents have allergies. So I just find all of this stuff to be fascinating, to be quite honest, like the whole science behind allergies. I don't know if I'm just nerding over allergies or anything like that, but I just find all of this stuff to be just very, very fascinating. But food allergies can also be influenced by what sort of foods a infant has been fed within the first 12 months of life. It's interesting that there's been like some studies that talk about how the child is less likely to develop a reaction to a food if introduced early, which I know that there's been a lot of conversations about introducing allergens to kids at certain ages. I'm not a parent, so I'm not going to talk about that. Um, I can't talk on those types of experiences. But if you want there to be um, a specific episode where we have somebody on the podcast that kind of talks about this type of topic of, okay, like I'm a parent, I have a kid, when do you kind of go through that hole of introducing foods? Definitely send us a message on the Oh My Allergies podcast Instagram, which is at Oh My Allergies. Would love to hear you all's feedback on that platform of ours. Another uh, risk factor of you might be more likely to develop an allergy if you are a child, which like I've said before in so many other different episodes, children are very, very common age group. Uh, to develop allergies and according to the ACAAI uh, when it comes to seasonal allergies 28 million American children are affected by seasonal allergies each year and when it comes to food allergies one in 13 children now have food allergies which is equivalent to about two students per class which is a lot more common than it was even like a few decades ago and children are getting more food allergies for a couple different reasons so first you know what we eat now in society has 
changed like dramatically you know we now have a more like industrialized diet so meaning like foods are being modified for you know factory farming uh, mass distribution things like that also our environments are so much cleaner than they were like years and years and years and years and years ago like you know we sanitize everything we sanitize our hands our homes our work environment it's not necessarily a bad thing I'm a person that likes my space being clean but according to studies they're saying that food allergies are developed when the body's immune system thinks a certain food is harmful and the person becomes sick whenever the food is eaten and so basically our immune system is fighting things it doesn't really need to fight and that kind of goes back to that whole idea of that hygiene hypothesis of environments being too clean not being exposed to certain things and certain contaminants and that could potentially be affecting how our immune systems are reacting to certain things when we're put in different situations another reason why you might be more likely to develop allergies is if you have asthma or another um, condition that deals with allergies now allergies and asthma they have a lot more in common usually when you hear about allergies asthma is not too far behind and that's because they have a lot more in common besides just making you miserable you know they often kind of go hand in hand and occur together and that's because the same substances that can trigger you know allergic rhinitis which we have a whole episode on allergic rhinitis and allergic sinusitis you should definitely check out that episode but the same substances that can trigger that which is basically hay fever like the symptoms that are associated with those things such as like pollen dust mites pet dander those things can also cause asthma symptoms and for some people skin or food allergies can also cause asthma symptoms and that's called allergic asthma or allergy induced asthma now when it comes to complications when it comes to allergies having an allergy it increases your risk of other medical problems such as anaphylaxis we have a full-on episode explaining basically what anaphylaxis is but in short anaphylaxis really is kind of like an escalated version of regular allergy symptoms it's the more severe potentially life-threatening allergic reaction and it can occur with Within, you know seconds of being exposed to something or minutes within being exposed to something but the symptoms can range you know it can go to getting in a shock or having difficulty breathing vomiting getting a rash dealing with nausea there's an episode that I did where I specifically go through the different symptoms that I experienced when I went through anaphylaxis for one of my allergies and anaphylaxis is something that you definitely do not play around with because of it being potentially life-threatening if you don't get the care that you need and the amount of time that you need it because when it comes to anaphylaxis you need to act quick you can't really make any sort of delays because of how serious a type of an allergic reaction is and some of the most common triggers of anaphylaxis is usually foods insect stings and then even medications can also uh, trigger anaphylaxis as well asthma like i said asthma and allergies they kind of occur together in some instances so if you have an allergy there's 
a higher chance that you might have asthma, which if you're not familiar with asthma, it's an immune system reaction that can affect how you breathe and your airways. And it can be triggered, like I said, by being exposed to an allergen in your environment, which is basically allergy-induced asthma. Uh, Some other medical problems is like sinusitis, which have an episode about that. So if you want to learn more about allergic sinusitis and allergic rhinitis, definitely check out that episode. Infections of the ears, infection of lungs, your risk of getting those types of conditions is higher if you have hay fever or asthma. Now, when it comes to allergies, the severity of them will vary from person to person, and it can range from like a minor irritation to, like I said, anaphylaxis, which is like can require you to go to the emergency room. It's very serious. Now, while most allergies can't be cured, that there's a lot of different types of treatments that can help relieve your allergy symptoms. And the treatments for your severity of your allergies, it's going to be different. So someone who might have a minor irritation and might just deal with, you know, having a skin rash or dealing with itchy nose or watery eyes, the treatment for that is going to be different from someone who feels like their airwaves are closing by the second and that they're dealing with stomach cramps and that they're dealing with dizziness and nausea. Those are more things that are usually associated with anaphylaxis. And so you're not going to use the same treatment for those two totally different types of situations. So make sure that if you have any questions when it comes to allergies or the potential of you having or developing allergies, that you're talking with your doctor, you're talking with an allergist, just to make sure that you're coming up with a plan that is best fit for you and your body and your family. But hopefully you all found this episode to be helpful, insightful, something that was thought provoking, something that you were able to learn some things. I know I did from doing research for this specific episode. I really love doing research when it comes to these episodes because I'm able to learn so much about, you know, allergies in general or different types of allergies and kind of being able to bring up different academic journals that I come across, but being able to break it down and not have it come across as being as kind of scary because I know looking at an academic journal and you see like 50 pages, you're like, wow, this has probably a lot of great information, but I don't know where to start. There's a lot of big words like where like how can I make this easily digestible for myself so hopefully with these episodes that kind of does the trick for you but if you enjoyed today's episode make sure you're subscribed to the episode if you're not subscribed on your podcast platform of choice make sure you follow us on the oh my allergies instagram page which is at oh my allergies make sure to rate and review the show hopefully it is five stars keep on sharing the podcast with people you know and don't know and I will talk to you guys in the next episode Bye allergy friends. Bye guys.